0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Stack and Pennies. We are on the racetrack. We got some motors running, tire screeching this weekend in the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. We're going to be out there for live on location at race service this Thursday. We got podcasts going, but we are racing this week. Also joined by a good buddy, Ryan Priest, is coming right here in studio to talk about his first year at Stewart Haas Racing. Excited to see him back on Sunday Got a lot of stuff to get into because we are racing this week. So buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep. Selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. You are listening to Stacking Pennies. What is this? Episode three? Of this season. Yeah. yeah. 3 for Dale on Season 3. This is going to be a special episode. We've got a lot of good stuff to get into. I am Corey the Joy. Driver number 7, Animal Control. Chevy Camaro this week. It's got some guy in the hood. It's some TV show on Fox. Okay. It's orange. It's got raccoons on the side. I named one Steve Latart. He's going to be riding (laughs) with us this week. So uh, excited about that. Excited to get back to work. Um, But as always, I'm joined by the usual band of characters to my right with a... Tightened up mustache. It's my Dale mustache. Three for it Dale. It looks freaking dial today. Chuck Bush. You. How's it going? Going well. Going well.
1: So I saw a trash bandit uh, the other night in in a gutter. So you know that's a good sign for your car.
2: Yes. Yeah. Are you calling Steve Latar a trash bandit? I mean, trash panda. What trash bandit. Oh boy. I've
0: I've heard <laughs> him, I've heard him be called worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And since I always introduce him last, Ice Cold Boom Out and Take John Merriman. I was going, hey, do you need a hat to wear this weekend? Because I have a raccoon skin hat. Do you? Raccoon. Like Davy Crockett? Oh yes, I god. It. You want it? No, because then they'd think I'd killed one of the animals on the side of my car and I had a hat out. Well, you're just controlling it. <laughs> the population <laughs> is getting out of hand. You've yeah. got to control the flow, That. The and then the last guest here, not the guest, last host here on the show uh, had a not ideal week, weekend at Atlantic City, not terrible. Mr. Ryan Flores, TQ racer extraordinaire. I know Killer. why you did
3: him last. Why? Because it's four people here. Who's uh, I finished
2: fourth, yeah. Great. I should have finished 14th, so that worked out. What happened? Hey, look. Passing for the lead Friday night. Nerf bar went over top of his left rear tire, spun out like a top. And then in the scrum, just in the middle of the pack with a common folk all night, and spun mm. out. I got my transponder. My transponder mounts above my head. It got ripped off. I thought. Old Tommy Catalano was coming in the cockpit of the old TQ midget there for a little bit. And thank God by attrition and figuring it out a little bit, finished fourth. So just wasn't our weekend at Atlantic City. It's so crazy. Everybody's like, why didn't you win? What happened? Because it's hard. It's not easy to (laughs) win. That's why it's like impressive that we win sometimes. But yeah, it's really hard to win. So shout out to Anthony Sesley. They won, beat us for the championship. Mm. No, don't they have one more? Maybe they, have... they do Syracuse? No, nope, that was it. Did he sweep, though? He sweeped the he, sw- he won two of them. Now maybe he's got enough money to go get a freaking haircut because his hair looks ridiculous.
0: Well, I got a haircut. Join the you club. To... Merriman, you need to get a haircut. I'm thinking about yep, it. It's time. I'll tell you, we had our Spire luncheon today. Big deal. All the employees, all the front office. They have a corporate office in Cornelius. The truck guys came. Bono, Grichie, a couple other guys. Montana. Animal, the guys that work on the truck, t- we had, I counted. <clears throat> so as Jeff Dickerson was saying his piece, TJ was saying his piece, rah, rah, rallying the troops, Chuck. You would know something about that. Just like when you're about to hit the battlefield. A lot of huzzahs? You, there was no huzzahs. uh uh-uh, There was no huzzahs. I counted 67 people, which is a large improvement. So we, the first one I remember, we had 32 people. So over the last three years of Spire Motorsports, we have doubled in size, more than double. And it just shows the constant, steady progression we've been embarking on. And I had a nice little element to my speech. A lot of weight to this speech. It's important. You got to get the guys fired up. So I thought back to Martinsville at that modified race. And I was leaving the house. And I told Kelly, I said, that wall right there is where the clock's going to go. But before I left, I'm like, oh, shoot. I didn't shave my neck. Like, I still had stubble on it. Turn around, shave my neck. Because I didn't want to have stubble when I took victory lane pitchers. So I said, okay. I went into that race expecting to win, not hoping to win, not hoping to back my way into it. But I was expecting, I drove up there expecting to win and I won. So we're, we spent a lot of time at Spire trying to think about how to make the next step. And the next step is to have the mentality of not hoping to win, of expecting to win, whether it's how we build our cars, whether how we prepare. So I went to... Kelly bought some this morning at Harris Teeter, and I bought the rest because they didn't have enough. I bought everybody on the seven crew razors, and I said, boys, Sunday mornings when we wake up, we're going to shave our necks because it's not going to look like we found victory lane on purpose or on accident. So rest assured, when you see the seven car victory lane, we're going to have our lines tightened up. That was the basis of my speech. Trying to rah-rah the boys up. It was impactful, and now the rubber hits the road in no less than about five days, ready to rock. Hopefully it goes better than last year because we sucked.
2: You've been putting a lot of time in on the simulator, though, which is a new um, a new tool for you
0: guys. We've been on the simulator more in the last four weeks than we have been in three years combined. How's that been? It's just another way to validate your simulation to reality. It's another step closer to, okay, this is what the simulation says. This is the feel the simulator gives me. Okay, this is the data point for how it responds or translate to real life so I think that we've learned a lot there we started going a little bit towards the end of last season saw some fruits of that but I think now we're going to the actual DIL motion simulator which is like the the one you see all the big guys going to the one that's up on the pet the platform that moves around with the 360 uh, panoramic screen so we have as many tools today as we've had over in my Cup career, so that's where taking that next step of running all the laps, making making no mental mistakes, are going to play in because I think we have a setting to run well this year.
1: What was the difference, like wh- wh- you know, why now with the simulator stuff?
0: It's just been the it's just been the progression, right? At first, it was we needed the big ticket items, to, we needed employees, we needed stuff, we needed the next gen. It was probably three and a half million bucks a team to get outfitted with the new transaxles and all the parts. None of them could plug in from the old car to the new car, not one piece. So now that that overhead expense of the next gen car isn't there, now we can spend it on the stuff that's not necessities to go race, but it's a necessity to run better. So we spent a lot of money there, whether it be more employees, more engineers to diagnose some simulation. We still don't have everything, but we have considerably more than what we've ever had. So I'm excited about that. And and we've spent a lot of time on the simulator. Uh, for LA, we spent a lot of time for at Phoenix at California, trying to get a couple weeks ahead. Uh, but you can run through, like, we're going to talk to Ryan priest here in a little bit. You can run through a lot of different feels of a car and it spits it out at, at you, but it's not real life necessarily. It's just how you use the tool. It could be a scalpel or it can be a hammer. It's just a matter of how you use it. Just
2: another tool though. If you use it right,
0: it works. If exactly. you use it wrong, I mean, there's
2: anything in racing, right? Tire yeah. models, arrow. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can you see that like aero data get used wrong
0: all the time. For sure. I mean, you could use the tire, you could input the tire model wrong and get yourself fooled and show up to the racetrack and be like, Oh boy, yeah, we didn't do, we, we, that happened a couple of times last year, but sparks is on it. Roy's on it. My guys are pumped up, ready to go. How much does it help you as a driver? you you're not a big I racing guy. I learned some stuff, just some, you can, you can notice some bad habits where right? it's like, okay, I need to commit my hands earlier here. I need to commit to the throttle earlier or later. There's a lot of things you can be like, okay, let me adjust the golf swing here a bit and try to relearn something that's natural, try to unlearn it and then relearn it again a different way. So I use that as kind of a tool to continue to try to unlearn habits and then relearn them um, just to make sure you're not like resting on your own laurels of what you know, like always trying to learn something new. So it definitely is, is something to hone it and a lot of guys don't use it. I mean, there's guys like Kyle Weatherman that drive the simulation for Hendrick, right? I mean, there's yeah. guys that uh, – Anthony Alfredo is what he's doing. He's driving simulator for some for some different Drew teams. Herring. Drew Herring spots for Martin yeah. Truex, but he's TRD's simulation guy. And some – I mean, those guys don't want to do it. Those guys don't see value to it. I haven't been on it a whole lot, so I see still see a lot of value in me going. But there are a lot of guys that don't utilize it except for road courses. Those guys will go – uh, cut some laps. Cut some laps on the ice this weekend down in Greenville. How was that? It was cool, man. Uh, we actually got there a bit early. We got there about 4 o'clock. Festivities didn't start till about 5, and Levi and I were – there was a Clemson-South Carolina game before it finished up, and they had the rink open, and Levi and I were just on the ice walking around, luckily hitting buses, but I was, I was nervous about it. But the equipment manager, he – Got a broken stick, taped it up for Levi, and we were slapping a puck around. And now all he's been asking for for the last two days is, I want more ice. I want more ice. So maybe he's a hockey player. But uh, Hockey's dude, not that big, though. Hey, na- NASCAR night was packed, buddy. Well, I was going to say, did like I? 7,500 people, 7,000 people down there. Did, did you see somebody th- drive cars on the ice? Yeah, uh, the pace that. car for Darlington Raceway was on there. Kerry Tharp was out there, too, one of my all-time favorite people. They had some guys' Legends car revving it up, bouncing it off the chip. They did it right. Did you and get it was the Zamboni? I didn't. They do donuts. The guy, I watched the guy rip the light off the top, though. He forgot to put the little pole down. <laughs> oh, and I was watching him. I'm like, oh, no. This guy's... <laughs> uh, so the Zamboni's okay, uh, but the light was not.
2: Dude, did you see Larson rip the nose off of his car? No. You didn't see that? He won uh, Lucas Oil Race and then tried to do a donut, and he knows that it ripped the nose off no. the Super Late
0: Model. That's awesome. Dude, and
2: that's like the, those things suck to put on there, but...
0: Those things are gigantic. They're like Yeah, and then long. try to mount
2: one at night in mm-hmm. the parking lot of golden isle speedway
0: there's uh those are the couple racing topics we had with swamp rabbits oh, have you ever been to a hockey game chuck oh yeah yeah first nhl hockey game i ever went to
1: was when the hurricanes uh, were on their road to the, the uh, stand- playoffs. yeah yeah wow. there's like a overtime golden goal
0: game i've been to one yeah. and it was electric it's a NHL hockey game? game yeah fun hockey sport game. to watch. hockey game so when i ask people if they've ever been to a nascar race they say, no. I said, have you ever been to a hockey game? Yes. You know, I said, you know the difference between ho- watching hockey on TV versus going to a game, how different it is? Yeah. Well, NASCAR's like that times a 1,000. I mean, I feel like the difference between seeing it, smelling it, seeing how fast cars go versus watching it on TV, it's easy to lose sight of how freaking awesome When we is. were younger,
2: we would all go together. But yeah. like four kids like Logano, me, yeah. and then whenever anybody would score a goal, you'd be running, you would like be high-fiving everybody. Yeah. in the place.
4: Yeah,
0: high
2: fiving everybody up. around, even if they weren't there for our team. He's high fiving them, just letting them
0: know. I mean, yeah, checkers. Nobody
2: right? gets, and then you get the chuck a puck.
0: Yeah, somebody made the chuck a puck no that way. night. Twenty two hundred bucks, freaking launched it from like a dude. The cup was about the size of that one behind you. It was like a second place cup. I'm your second place cup. I'm telling you, it was like this big from the rafters. <laughs> Slow motion. <laughs> the place went nuts. Oh, that's awesome! What a what a chuck! Was it a was it on top puck. of a car or uh. where was it? It was just on like a little pedestal in the middle of the <laughs> yeah, ice, right in the center ice, man. Wow! The guy free like a, curved it right in there. It's unbelievable. That's impressive. Unbelievable like chuck a puck.
1: Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey,
4: where are you? Coming!
1: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card...
4: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it
1: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You
0: know what else is unbelievable, Chuck? What, that there's a new podcast? Yes. Unbelievable. Denny's a smart guy. There's another rooster in the hen house. I
1: kind of like it. Having multiple drivers talking about stuff going on, that can't be a bad thing.
0: He comes on here, gets a little warm-up, says, you know what? I need to start my own podcast. Maybe you inspired him to do it. Maybe I did. He I don't even know his how. Buddy that, on. I don't know how that sucker has time to do anything. Driver, owner, podcaster, like, podcaster. It's not like Jesus. he's over there
2: setting the thing up. Well, I mean, he is
1: He'll learning at the uh, you know the foot. He's it's it's Dale Junior's uh, dirty mo, dirty mo, putting it on. So what I mean, do you
0: think about the name? Dale's done it. What do you think about the name?
2: Actions detrimental.
3: Yeah. I what do like you think?
2: It. What do you think, Merriman?
3: Uh, you know. It's uh it's clever. I'll give him that. It's an attention grabber. For sure. For yeah. sure.
0: It I was mean a, it was people a are gonna name. people are gonna tune in. I wonder if it's gonna be like a monologue show. I, I'm sure he's not gonna have some slap like Merriman on the show talking about racing. You know what he should do? He
2: should have every time he talks about all the stuff that he's gonna talk about, like it being fined or whatever, he should have Hilton sitting there. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta say it in front of the man. Actually say it to him. Mm. That tone him back a little bit.
3: Well, Chuck did a little fact checking.
2: Yeah, I mean, what'd you find? Well, I found that you know nobody has
1: really been fined for saying anything bad about NASCAR, like you know, you know, get my name out your mouth type stuff for about ten years. I mean, Denny Hamlin famously in 2013 uh, had his comments about the uh, Gen Five car, Gen Six, about the Gen Six car, and you know that. So he was slapped
0: with the actions detrimental then. 12-1
1: 12-1 in the rule book okay so you know that was hit then you know and since then that was the last time words have been that 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 penalty has been levied against words
0: so he rightfully can name a podcast that because he has paid a fine for actions detrimental and
1: and that you know that is sort of a catch-all phrase that do you think that it sets off like a light for people to tune in to see what he's talking about I I think Anytime Denny Hamlin gets behind a microphone, regardless of what the title of the show is, people are going to listen and they're going to tune in. Yeah, and he's going to give his opinion. And yeah, at the end of the day, I think hearing his opinion on how the sport is growing and being run is not a bad thing. And is it a weekly thing? Do, do I we don't, know the schedule? I don't know what of
3: the it? cadence is, but I, w- I would hope it's more of a conversation than.
1: And according according to the preview of his podcast that's out you know, on all podcast platforms, it said they're going to break down that, re- that week's race, talk to people in the sport, drivers get their perspective, and uh, kind of go from there. So it sounds like it's probably going to be a weekly cadence.
0: Yeah. He uh, he definitely knows what he's talking about. He sees the sport from a lot of angles. And by the end of his career, he's going to be arguably a top 10 to 12 greatest drivers of all time if he gets a big trophy. No, you made a face. I yeah. was just No, saying, you made a face. It, well, made a face.
3: I made a face before you said that. I think Denny. Who's better, Denny or Rusty Wallace? Uh, Rusty Wallace actually has a title, but if I was if I wanted them to drive my race car, I'd pick Denny Hamlin. Um, why?
2: Why you just said he doesn't have any championships. championships. I like
3: I like his attitude better.
1: I think if you put Denny Hamlin in the same points uh, structure that Rusty Wallace is in, maybe you'd have a
3: have a title by now.
2: No, well, that's neither here nor
0: there. I
3: know. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting I, take. I do have a question. He's for great. You. Yeah. If we can move on from the podcast topic,
0: I don't want to though. I like talking about. Well, it. whatever.
3: When you get ready, here's the thing.
2: It. Like if if Matt Kenseth is the first ballot Hall of Famer, even pulling, though pulling the that he pulled. Yeah. Denny Where at? Hamlin Martinsville. Okay. did you get a clock from there. Yeah. Then Denny Hamlin. He
3: did the same thing. He wrecked the dude to win. I wrecked three of them in front of me in one <laughs> time. One whack. Did you see that? I got, <laughs> I, got, I got and I got yelled at for it. I got yelled at for it. No, my my question was going to be along the lines of Denny Hamlin, Rolex this past weekend, Helio Castro Neves, mm. third Rolex win in a row. Oh wow, he's got four Indy Indy 500s. Has zero Indy championships. What's more valuable to a driver is it is it winning is it winning four Daytona 500s and no championships? Like, would you take Denny's three Daytona 500 wins and no championships, or would you take? I don't know who's won the Daytona 500 multiple times and doesn't have a title. Denny, or, or who's yeah. won? Who's never won that? Would you take Tony Stewart's three Indy, their three NASCAR championships and no Daytona 500s? Which would you take?
0: Okay. I'd take any of those. <laughs> I, I don't think. Hell, take a stage win. I'll take it. <laughs> I was just kind I of taking. I don't want to win
3: practice. <laughs> I was taken back a uh, back a little bit by Helio's staff that I was like, surely he's won an Indy championship. He's won. No. Damn, the biggest race. I've got a take on that. Working at Penske
2: because the IndyCar guys are there. And I don't know if it's right or wrong. I
3: feel like the Indy Five Hundred is bigger over there. I oh,
2: think yeah. the Indy Five Hundred in. I think the Indy Five Hundred is the biggest thing to them. That I think the Indy Five Hundred is one of the biggest races in the in, world. R- in the world, right? I think it's Indy Daytona, Monaco, and it's. You oh, know wow. who won the Indy Five Hundred that year? For sure. You don't know who won the Indy championship. No. Well, they're facing you know, the But trophy. but here's the other thing. Daytona is is a spectacle, and it's our big, it's our biggest race. But the championship is is more prestigious. Like Daytona is that you want to win Daytona, and it's freaking hard to win Daytona. But a championship, I think, is still more coveted than yeah. the 500. Yeah, Champion. and I
0: think that's that's inside the industry, the in the indie industry seems to me like they value the Indy 500 win more than a championship. Well, they're named after yes. it. for crying out loud. Yeah, that's right. A valid point. What, what are you going
1: to say? I was going to say that a championship, at least in NASCAR, ensures that you're in the Hall of Fame. If you win the Daytona 500, does that necessarily – like is Trevor Bain in the Hall of Fame because he won the no. Daytona 500?
2: No. Great example. Michael McDowell.
1: Right. Like Denny Hamlin, multiple Daytona 500 wins, that's going to put you. He also has
3: 60, almost 50, 60. Yeah, but he's also
2: projected the sport and he's not, you know, a car owner.
1: Right.
3: You know,
2: there's a lot of stuff that Denny's done. But like if, if,
1: if Trevor Bain wins that Daytona 500, then works his way into a championship, winning maybe one or two more races. That's it. But he gets a championship.
2: That. He's not a Hall of Famer. I don't. I mean, it'd be hard to, it'd be. Hard to talk about that because of like we know how his career went, right? So, right. It's hard to even think about that, but it's but better than not winning the Daytona 500. Shout out to you,
0: Impressive, underrated guy. He's
3: too. well. If you think about the and scope, and didn't, didn't he win Dance with the Stars too? The scope mm-hmm. of like, I mean, just the winner, all-time drivers, right? Helio Castroneves' name is on the is on the list. To- is, is you know top ten? Yeah. Who do you think's who who's better?
2: Elio or Juan Pablo? Juan Pablo. Pablo.
3: Juan pa- because of Juan, Juan Pablo. Juan is one
2: of my
0: favorites, man.
2: Like, when you look at Juan not Pablo, what he
0: did in the 42 car. You're not a fan? No. Why? I was a Harvick fan growing up. And just because he roughed up Harvick and grabbed him by the... Yeah. the Dude, Harvick,
2: Harvick wanted to smoke until he realized that he was going to get the smoke. Bro, that Columbia strength. That Columbia the strength
0: that Columbia strength's next level,
2: Juan Pablo ain't scared. No, he's like, yeah, let's fight. But I was
0: a huge yeah, Juan neither Pablo one of them fan. Took their
3: helmets off. So what happens? Dude,
0: but Juan Pablo went toe to toe with Michael Schumacher at the peak when he was driving for Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about he's that. won. He's, he's won
2: uh, Rolex. He still hasn't
0: won here. Indy
2: car races. Yeah, yeah. Indy
3: 500. I just said I, I'm not a fan of Juan Pablo. I didn't say he was I'm not a talking about your program. emotions. I'm talking yeah. about if he's good or not. I don't <laughs> yeah, care no, about how. No you he's are. good. He's one and all. He's won in
0: everything he's been in. And just because he pushed your driver around a little bit, don't get butthurt. I got, for instance. What you got, for instance? What
2: if Juan Pablo says, like the 42 car we saw, like, oh, it's not gonna. There's not really a good way to say this. The 42. Say it with words. Kind of. <laughs> the 42 kind of like held Kyle Larson back, right? And then he got in a better ride and won 10 races in the championship. What does Juan do if he explores another option and gets in a better cup car? You know, because there was a couple races where, like, if he had a he stronger have won, team. He
3: should have won a Brickyard. He should have. Mm. Speeding. Should have won a Brickyard.
0: Juan Pablo Montoya's top five greatest drivers of all time. Uh, de- ever? Yeah.
3: Ever. Yeah. Who does he rank ahead of?
2: A lot Rusty of others. Wallace? Everybody else that's not in the top five.
3: <laughs>
0: me, I, like, I don't like the, is guy, he like the a, guy in six? Is so he we're like a
3: Mario Andretti type of guy, yeah, you think? Yes. So you have you have Mario Andretti. You have AJ Foyt. Yeah. You got to have like what a uh, uh, Parnelli Jones type person Ayrton. in there. Senna. Yeah. So I mean, so like, like the thing that holds Tony back
2: eight, from uh, being, no, we, said
0: we said AJ Foyt. Yeah. The, th-
2: the thing that holds Tony back is like no effort.
0: Kyle Larson is am I th- by the time his career's over in the top ten? Yeah, but you Florida can whatever, you
3: could time. you can tell. I feel like you can tell someone's talent level even if they haven't driven all these disciplines. Like Helio Castroneves hasn't driven F1, but he's won three Rolex. Daytona
2: yeah, but if he comes to NASCAR and, right now and runs 25th every week, do you think he stinks? He's
3: also 47 Yeah, years
2: but old. I'm just asking you. If he comes here, like Jimmy Johnson went to Indy and didn't do well, and people that didn't know Jimmy Johnson when he was cup racing might think he stinks, and he's yeah. the best guy to ever do it. Yeah. Certified.
0: That's not opinionated. That's 100%. just what it
2: is. percent Certified. Yep, and he's,
3: I mean— this I don't is know. why I like this podcast, though, because it's you're always a, wrong. And we're no, because right. these con- these conversations are fun to have. You like? I was talking like to somebody these. today talking about you know greatest NASCAR drivers and what would they say? Uh, I don't know what they said, but I I said that you're I ranked Dale Junior. I ranked Tony Stewart over Jeff Gordon. Did, and they thought I was crazy? Did did yeah, the
0: Athletic put out their top seventy five? They put out the fifty to seventy five. They oh they okay. They actually asked me to be a voter on on that. I cast my uh, ballot. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you vote for? Uh, seventy-five different guys. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> so they sent it they sent it with in order of career wins. So it was Richard Petty, 200. David Pearson, 101. 105? 105. Think. On down, right? So like if you didn't want to touch it and you could wanted to rank them in career wins, you could hit submit. Whoosh, go. But they had these drop downs and you could bring this guy down and this guy up. Like, right? You could tailor it how you want. And You'd be surprised how, like, a guy like Alex Bowman, eight career wins, I believe. It was, like, 58th or 60th on the all-time win list in NASCAR. Yeah. Right, so. It's not easy and, to win cup races. No. It's not easy to win eight of them. No. And and that just, I think, and also, I'm biased. That's what I love about this type of conversation because it's all opinionated. Who you watched growing up, who you thought was special when you were a kid, whose paint schemes you like best. So I was biased towards the modern guys, the modern age guys, because I know how hard it is now and how small the gaps are to find a little bit of an edge. Who'd so you, Who'd you vote number one? Jimmy, Joe Hansen. He's the greatest of all time.
2: Now, uh, do you find yourself – You already
0: know. I tweeted my top five. Uh, do would, you would find you?
2: yourself not wanting to vote for a competitor because you like – No,
0: you know, I can acknowledge people that are good. But what if like they, they race you too hard? So then, then the next time spots. they ask me to vote, I'm gonna knock him down a couple pegs. <laughs> Did picks. you vote for Suarez? He's not he wasn't, he the wasn't top, in the top. <laughs> uh Ross Chastain was on the <coughs> I think it was I think okay. it was actually I'm it good. was it was one top eighty five, I believe, or one to ninety they put.
1: Where'd you uh rank our defending clash winner and uh, defending champion, Joey Logano? Great question. And was this o-
3: cup only? Oh, just, yeah. Was your was your dad not on the list? No, he's not <clears> on the
0: greatest cup driver's fault. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I I can't remember off top twenty. He's he's certainly top twenty. Joey's yeah. a top fourteen guy. Really? Top fifteen guy Joey
3: might in his career top ten, dude.
0: I can see like I yeah. at the moment. I think Bobby Allison and Joey are. I mean, Bobby Allison's an eighth to eleventh place guy. I Bobby think. Allison got eighty some wins. Though. I know, but Joey it's, ain't gonna hit that number. A no, deal. but it's different game. Sure. It's a different you th- game. Think, think he can uh, back it up again uh, this weekend at the Clash? Why not? I mean it's, the reigning champ, man. Yeah. His he's confidence confidence is high. Him and Paul Wolf are freaking clicking on all eight cylinders, man. They obviously had a great setup, but you remember a guy like Tyler Reddick, and now Kyle Busch is driving that car. That was the best car until they broke a prop shaft. Um,
2: Dude, was, if Kyle Busch goes there and wins that race,
0: well, Kyle Bush ran second, so he knows how to get around. Wow. And then you go to well, Randall that, Burnett's with the best car that eight that final yellow. I thought. Kyle might have had something for him. He, he did. Then race. Joey who, turned the wick up on him. But Chicago fast enough to win. Here's the thing. There's, Thanks, in the right scenario, delicious. 28 to 30 guys, 31 guys, who if they hit on it that week, look at Justin Haley last year. Yeah. Who I, expected him? And he, I enjoyed the heat He races. got crashed by the Reign and Champ, mm. passing for third place. That's what that place is going to that, – that's what that small of a track gives you, the opportunity for a team like Cog to hit on it. Hopefully, a t- team like Spire to hit on it, qualify well, run good in the heat race, start up front and contend for a win. I mean, it, the, the potential is there. I think you're going to see a little bit more of the chronological. Okay, we expect this guy to run good, and this team run bad because you're talking about the crumbs of details that make cars go well. But how much different
2: is it now, like with preparation? It's
0: different because the first race we didn't know what was what. We didn't it was know a new car, that. yeah, and a new track, yeah. Um, so obviously you have a little bit what, you know, a little bit what to expect. Um, you know, what adjustments you have to do with the brake bias for qualifying versus race, you know, all these notes that you compiled over the year to apply them to a racetrack that's so unlike anything we go to. So I do think you also saw a pretty tame race last year. You didn't see a lot of guys running into each other. I think you see the opposite. I think you see guys run all over each other, pissed off, pushing and shoving after the race. I'm excited to go. You gonna fight somebody? Or I don't. I don't really the... want to get punched in the face for like eleventh. But what's you know, yeah? What's worth fighting? Are you
2: for? gonna be like um, if you
0: don't for the the bronze medal for third place? I'd get punched in the. I'd get punched in the face for third. Well, place. What does that
3: do for team morale? No. If, if they if your team's like oh he's he's going out he's going out there to fight somebody because
0: they cause they'll be ready jungle. to fight. Sparks will fight. He's RCR. I yeah, but they scrappers. can't.
3: They can't get in. They're not gonna be able to get it. <laughs> if, if he's in the I I infield,
0: if he's in the infield, it's have, you. I think we only have two. I think you get two guys per car. So I'm gonna just This is the perfect time. What pick, if
2: Sparks is fighting in the grandstands
3: and you're fighting on oh, the track? Yes. And I'd be
0: like point at him, you ballast, get that guy.
3: Ballast yeah. in the palace. What would we call it? No. Uh, I don't know. The clash. Clash. <laughs> the clash. That's original show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm here for original uh, the Clash original in thought.
2: the Coliseum.
0: Are you gonna be like Harvick where if you don't run good, you're just gonna cause chaos? I don't know. I wanted to tuck my tail. I want to drive. The, our car was so bad last year. I just wanted to drive out of the tunnel and just leave it there and just leave. Um, but that's not going to be the case this year. We're going to be dialed in, Chuck. Yes, sir. We're also going to be dialed in a race service on Thursday. That's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward up. to that. It's going to be a good time. They got me. They got me working like a stolen mule out there. Why? Wow. race car rides and this and that and media. I don't know. Should be. F- I mean, I like doing it all this. sounds like fun stuff, though. No, I mean, they, they definitely take care of me, for sure. That episode, we're going to tape it as well. We have some guests popping by, car culture guys out in the race service. That's going to drop Friday at 3 p.m. So be on the lookout for that for our first live show of the year. You're going to get all of me talking. And then you're also going to get me talking, I uh, don't know, Saturday, Sunday, if I make it on TV. Hopefully I make it on TV good for a good reason. No
2: boats and woes this week, so we don't pit road. Nope, but we do have my friend that was in Atlantic City this weekend, Ryan Priest, going to come
0: Ryan Priest it. has been waiting the wings for about 15 minutes now, so let's get him on stage right after this break. Stand by.
4: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler.
0: All right, friends, we are back right here in studio with the guest we've been talking about all show, Mr. Ryan Priest-Lightning Priest. Oh, yeah. I know, you just don't like it when I say that.
5: Oh, that um. You know, every time, every time I saw you, because I was following you around that entire media day, it was yeah. Priest-Lightning. Because <laughs> I know every after, the, time.
0: after the first one, and then you kept saying Super sugar Those are like two nicknames that like yeah. we both like don't really like embrace anymore. It's just like... Mm-hmm. Now you made it to the Cup Series, and you're like, "Gosh, I just kind of want to be Ryan Priest, and yeah. I kind of want to be Core of the Joy." So, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Not stacking pennies, the actual show, the Cup Series.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: What a journey it's been.
5: Yeah, it's. I mean, you've you've been through the same journey, right? Like, it's, it's different.
0: It's, mine, it's, mine, and yours are different. We're very yeah. similar in a lot of ways, but yeah. yours is very uh. unique, man. So tell tell people a little bit about it.
5: Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> Everything about my career and and Ryan's seen it in the modified side forever, just because of the Bluet connection, right? Has been backwards. I didn't when I raced modifieds. I didn't go to the SK modified and then tour type modified. It was straight for the tour types. I ran the wheel modified tour, then I ran weekly, you know, on top of that as well. So it's just been back and forth, and you know, racing uh, in 2016 with Johnny Davis, and and then going to do JGR stuff, and then. Um,
0: Talk about that for a second. So you took an investor.
5: No. Right? Well, I mean, there was Eddie, the guy I drove for with the modified. Yep. And then there was a, another guy that helped me. Yeah. So it was... Uh, and you pushed
0: all the chips onto the table.
5: Yeah.
2: When did you decide to leave the modified tour and go bush racing? Like, when was when was that?
5: I keep... not blaming but so tommy baldwin in 2013 i think you were actually supposed to drive that car yeah yeah so um i guess you you didn't end up doing it Loudon, maybe it was richmond yeah Yeah, 2013 well then i went and did that race and then it was 2014 i did two other races i did homestead homestead and loudon and it was just like getting you through that approval process because you know i didn't have i didn't have a big sponsor i didn't have somebody to really fund that you know, full season or anything and, and go through that. So we just, for three years, it was do races here and there, get through the approval process. And then 2016 was when I went and did that full year at, at Johnny Davis. And what then, was uh,
2: your first Bush race like? Like what was the biggest difference between mod- modified racing and, and Bush racing?
5: I mean, <clears throat> the first time you get in something like that, you just don't want to be that guy that wrecks right then and there, right? That Corey, right tell away. what
2: do you tell everybody when they make their first cup start? Don't get on TV.
5: Yeah. Don't, be to, yeah. don't be on TV.
0: Don't be on TV. Because yeah. if you're on TV, you're either that guy's holding up the leaders yeah. or you're back in the fence.
5: That happened. Homestead, actually. Uh, I think that was my second or third, or maybe it was the fourth cup race. I was trying to get out of Kyle Larson's way, and I ended up, I think, blocking him or something by accident. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I made uh, Twitter highlights yeah. for, for a solid few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I right. Sadler they was
2: going to kick your ass one time.
5: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you but remember it that worked out at so. Homestead?
2: No. When he was racing for a championship and he was mad because Ryan was racing him and he lost. I don't know. I don't even remember what happened. But. You, you were in the 18 then,
5: right? I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they were, um, I mean, I'm doing what, what I'm supposed to do. He just and wanted you to go
2: by. He yeah. just wanted you to let
0: him by and you were racing. Yeah. You're like, dude, I'm racing for a job. Yeah.
5: yeah. 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 So Came in to race. I think about,
0: you know, some notable, some notable guys who went from modified and had a solid cup career. Guys like Jeff Bodine. Steve Park's another one. What, were you a Steve Park fan growing up?
5: Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm more of a fan now because whenever I crack my uh, screen on my phone, I go see him, and he takes care of it. And that's <laughs> usually every every one or two months.
0: Shout out to to Steve Park. If you want to see yeah. him, he owns the Batteries Plus <laughs> off of one off of one fifty. One fifty. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. go in there, stop in Steve, see, see Steve Parks. But so you're back. Yeah. With your best opportunity in NASCAR to date, yep. driving the 41 oh, yeah. for Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah. What are the expectations this year?
5: Uh, my personal expectations, I'm pretty, pretty aggressive. I'm, I'm saying we got to win. You know, that's why uh, I was very adamant. Uh, Chad Johnson's my crew chief, which I've had a year and a half of working with him already. And I was really, um, really pushing for that because I feel like growing up, we always hear about needing that crew chief driver relationship and gelling. And I never understood that completely until I got to this level. And then, you know, I've worked with Chris Gabe Hart before I worked with Chad and I just, over over the years, I've figured out what I need to what is succeed. That? What is that? Somebody that that'll tell me to shut up and and somebody I trust, right? Like because I'm I'm somebody who's gotten you know just like you very hands on on my race car, and sometimes I just need to focus on driving. Yeah. And, uh, but that takes a level of trust in somebody for for someone like me, and you know Chad's that guy. So
0: what's the initiation process, if you will? Because you had three years <laughs> of JTG, had a lot of yeah. experience in the Cup Series. I'm sure the initiation process of a Stuart Haas is something new. And what was that onboarding What in terms of s- simulation meetings? Wh- I mean, what does that process look like?
5: Uh, it's been never ending. I'm, I can tell you I've been – you're there. There's always something going on. Um, but as far as Chad and I and that that process of just getting in the groove of things, that, that was easy already just because we've already worked with each other. We've won with each other. And as far as my level of communication of how I describe things – He's already got that. And even going to the sim, right? Like you want your engineers to understand kind of what you're saying. I guess, you know, Tony Stewart used to say tripping on the right front, where us asphalt guys, I say it's diving to the right front, right? So it's just trying to understand the different lingos. And, but.
2: You've been part of that team, though. It's not like you're not, you didn't just walk in January 1st. You've been <clears throat> there working out last year with the Rick Ware. You went and the Rick Ware car you drove last year at the Coliseum
5: yeah I think there's still rubber getting into turn three from my left front locking up I bet you there's still some <laughs> but that there.
2: was a, that was more or less no, a Stuart Haas effort right that was a Stuart Haas kind of an effort with Rick Ware alliance
5: oh uh, no that was that was strictly a um that was a Rick Ware car I remember we were a week and a half away and I went over there to to sit in the seat and there wasn't really anything together at all so I helped him throw the motor in and From there, it was uh, it was just me and Tommy to be honest with you. Tommy Baldwin crew chiefed it out there, so it was like a modified deal, but we made it, so it was cool.
0: You'd be prepared a little more this year, though, getting in there a lot more,
5: yeah, for sure. But at the same time, everybody's had a year with this car. It's not like it was last year where everybody was going out. Some people were running four hundred pound springs, some were running fifteen hundred pound springs. You know, I feel like everybody has a pretty good baseline as far as what what they think is going to work.
2: What do you? You're a short track guy, right? We talked about before the show started. Your favorite short track being Riverhead. What? Yeah. What do you equate this place to in your short Riverhead. track travels? Really,
5: <clears throat> Riverhead, or um, yeah. I mean, this place is super grip. I mean, L.A. last year it was tons of grip. Way more grip than I actually thought. And to be honest with you, it was probably the best quarter mile track that I had ever been on, just because yeah. the maneuverability. You know, my car didn't drive very bad. Uh, so I felt like I could really move around and, and try to make speed. But, yeah, I think growing up on the quarter miles, uh, you know, whether it was Monadnock up in New Hampshire, Riverhead Raceway, racing at Charlotte Motor Speedway on their little quarter-mile yeah. track or you know some of those places, you just learn to be aggressive. Uh, it's no different than you being from Wall and, and that really aggressive mentality of you can't get held up for too long because you're giving up too much time and yeah. how to set up a pass.
2: Talk so, to me about... This is this is a good one because NASCAR just took over a lot of the quarter midget stuff. Oh, okay. Talk me about Silver City. Like, do you deal, do you still talk? You, what you is know Silver what you, City? Silver City is a quarter midget track right there yeah. in Connecticut. Do you know the list of people that have come out of there in, like, Ryan Priest's era? No. Ryan, yeah, Lugano. Joey,
5: Bobby Santos. Bobby Santos. Doug Covey. Woody, all...
2: Woody Pitcat. Yeah. James yeah. Savali. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah we got Alan Cavana.
5: Yeah, that's right. Right.
2: Tina Tina Therial. Did he drive? Tina Therriol is, yeah. the yeah. yep. is the head of content. Is the, the guy with the hair? Yeah. Yeah. He's a Silver City kid.
5: Oh yeah, we we're all from up there. Yeah. And it's uh huh.
2: Yeah Tina Therial just started at Penske. She's like the head of marketing.
5: Oh no way. Yes,
2: dude, Silver City kids everywhere. Yep. Yeah, cheetah race car's so obnoxious when you were, when we were younger. yeah. Yeah, you I know. Yeah. David Gravel. Yep. you and david gravel raced together
5: mm-hmm. we did burn, Very, burn boilers class. it was the same thing as joey that's right uh it was the same thing as joey joey left basically the year that i was getting in and then i raced against david for one year and then i left because i had an older brother that raced, so i was kind of just following him around but uh yeah silver city was a lot of fun i mean it was only five minutes from our house and you know i'm happy uh i'm happy i got into racing do
2: you ever deal Do you ever talk to joey like have you rekindled that friendship since you moved down here and lean on him at all? Or who do you lean on the most for advice down here?
5: Uh, obviously, Kevin's always been somebody yeah. that I can lean on. and uh, But Joey, you know, I'll, I shot him a text uh, just asking a few questions from Phoenix. So there is, you know, anytime he sees me, he goes, hey, <laughs> but, uh
0: <laughs> What the frick is going on, Yep. You know, I wanted to ask you this, though, because it's always interesting, guys who have a period of I don't know, patience or waiting or whatever you wanted to call it to get back to the show, to get back the opportunity to be where you end up want to be, and now you have weathered that test of time. How many times did you want to give up in that window?
5: I think my wife got sick of hearing me say, well, I could always go modified racing just because from the background that I've done, I've always – I've always found a way to to make a living racing, whether it's modifieds or whatever it may be. I'll, I'll figure something out. But yeah. as far as playing the waiting game, you're right. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people do it over the past, and it's worked out. Me personally, I was just saying this to Doug Kobe uh, a week ago was how. I, I mean, when we get into November, and most of these guys know what they're doing in May or mm-hmm. you know as early as now. This is no, I'm used to not knowing. So it's not, I don't get, I don't get very nervous, I would say, but yeah, I just, I knew what I wanted and I was going to go after it. It There was other opportunities where I could have went and raced in Xfinity. You know, I've said it.
0: What was it that you wanted?
5: To have a full-time ride in the cup series at SHR, you know, with, with somebody that I felt comfortable, you know, crew chiefing. And, you know, ultimately I got everything that I wanted and, and, you know, that comes, there's a lot of things that you have to do to, to make all that happen. And I just, I was relentless. So it all worked out. So
0: you said you were around, you signed your development driver contract, which was also something that you haven't seen in a while. <laughs> you know, like mm. KHI represents you and they orchestrate this deal to put you in the stable without really an idea of where that was going to transpire. It was pretty obvious that it was a pretty down year for SHR where Kevin Harvick goes from winning nine the year prior or two years prior, and he wins two right chase briscoe wins one Mm -hmm. um and as an organization it was a pretty low year so what are some things internally that they're going to change or adjust to try to get back to the shr vote?
5: well i think that's that's just part of the process you you guys of all people know in racing it's a part of the process and being a part of that and and continuing to To make strides going forward, if if you just sit there and and wonder why you're not running good, and you continue to do that, guess what? You're not going to run good. And so, um, obviously Rodney and Kevin's relationship, and and you know Chase and and Eric and their relationship with Drew, and and um, this is bad. That I Klaus Meyer, Klaus Meyer um, old Johnny. You know, old Johnny. I love him. He's always smiling. He's awesome. But you know, and and mine with Chad. It's just the continuing to to keep evolving and, and hopefully get ahead because in racing, you want to win a lot of races. Usually it's because you have some sort of an advantage. So, uh, you know, I'm that type of guy that wants to snoop around the garage and, and see what's going on. I know I, you, you walk around and you pretend like you, you don't, oh, you are but you're, you're yeah, yeah, chumming yeah. we'll up know. with
0: this guy or this underneath yeah. guy. And I'm like, I got sunglasses on. Meanwhile, I got one eye looking at him and one yeah. eye looking at don't where they're totally. Secrets, you know, it's funny. I know they ain't listening to the podcast because
5: Ryan, you do that all the time too. What play dumb? Oh yeah, no way, all the time. Hey, let me tell it's you. So let me funny. tell you.
0: Let me tell you a a old veteran trick that my dad, my grandpa does. Yeah, <clears throat> he'll go when we were KN racing. Dad would stand, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He'd be standing next to I don't know Eddie McDonald or, you know, one. Larson's car, somebody that ran good, and he would put his hand, like, I don't know, door tops or, like, rear quarter panel, and he'd put his finger, like, wherever on his leg, yeah. his quarter panel would line up, and he'd literally walk across <laughs> the garage yeah. with his finger in the same spot and yeah. put it up against my car. He's like, well, Larson's quarter panel is a quarter inch higher than ours. Yeah. How do you know? Are you yeah. sure it was on that thread of your jeans yeah. and not the other one? But yeah. well, that's some Northeast shit, man.
5: Uh-huh.
2: You're, you're right. a hands-on guy, right? You're, hell, yeah. you were in Atlantic City this weekend... Asking me me. about anti dive, (laughs) about anti dive on your on your uncle's TQ midget, right? You build all your own stuff. We we've worked together a lot on your modifieds and super late models. How how much has trying to understand the next gen car and how different it is from everything else we've raced kind of thrown you for a loop?
5: it's i don't have to understand it that's not yeah. my job well, that, that goes like, back to exactly what yeah. i was saying earlier i just want to focus on what i used to when i was younger and that was just driving the heck out of a race car yeah. and that was it but what i will say is understanding it certainly helps you break down what you're feeling for for those around you and and i think at that point it's going to make you better in the long run if you can if you if it all works out it, it certainly makes the the process easier to, to get the car better. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, independence front and rear suspension. It's, it's, it's the same. That was my
2: next question. You kind of answered it was, you know, does being disconnected and just driving, does it help you or does it hurt you? Like, do you have to be connected and know what springs you have in it to, to understand?
5: No. Um, I would say, can I say something? Sure. Can I interject?
0: Can I answer this for you? Go ahead. I think you and I are very similar in this regard. We know how to communicate what we need out of the car better because we know what springs are in. And I don't know how to bolt a left rear suspension on this car because I haven't done it. I've watched people do it. But I do know if the left rear needs more weight on it, right? Or how much rear bar the thing needs. Yeah, And I think that's what our strengths were. Our strengths used to be, we could get in there and change the front suspension for them. Yeah. But guys at Stuart Haas, they don't want... RP initialed on the checklist. You know, they don't want C L mm-hmm. on the damn yeah. scale list. They just don't they don't pay us to do that.
5: Well, yeah, and and, and there's other areas for us to focus on to continue being better yeah. because where you and I could put a car together a lot quicker than a lot of other guys in this garage, there's other things we can focus on to keep being better uh from a racer's standpoint. What so. are you
0: what are you doing? What's what's different? What kind of tools are different and available to you being with a big Manufacturer-supported team being SHR versus where you've been in the past. Obviously, well, John I mean, Davis.
5: Yeah, even going from the simulator, going with my own team and working through some of those checklist items. That's never something I was able to do. I mean, just hey, we're gonna we're gonna put some rebound in here, some more compression, or, or some more high speed over here, and and it's just like you can go through a list of feels that may trigger something or not before you even go to the track. And ever since, uh, ever since we've cut back on practice, I mean, you as well as me, we both know, how many tests have you done in, in your career?
0: So it was a joke because the first cup test in my – my first NASCAR test of all time was the first next-gen test at the Roval mm-hmm. when we went – couple a like the first next-gen test. So the only time I've ever tested a cup car is with the next-gen car couple, last year.
5: Yeah, I have one and a half NASCAR National Series tests, yeah. one of them being uh, Las Vegas when we went to the, yeah. the new— Big you know, spoiler. Big spoiler. Uh, and then a half a day in a Xfinity car Charlotte. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all I've ever gotten. And, uh, you know, it's certainly—you know, you have guys back in the early 2000s I hear stories all the time. They Joey. were
0: gone all the time. Dude, Joey was 15 years old, burning yeah. Kentucky up. They had to repave the place because yeah. they made yeah. so many miles around.
2: Arvid talked about it. How you know how much they tested for Earnhardt, and yeah. he already had his car that he liked that Earnhardt didn't like. Yeah, those guys were in a race car a ton. Yeah, and you've taught me, and you've talked, but you're not. You're going to step away from your short track racing this year and just focus on Cup racing
5: yeah and i and i'm certainly a believer um in racing more is is always better but there's certainly other things that i could focus on i've already i've done it i go to stafford all the time i've raced the wheel modified tour i've won a lot of races i've i've done all that but i've become so hands-on that it's just too much for me to prepare a race car to go do that stuff while trying to focus with this cup series effort and and, you know, maybe if everything's going really well, I might think about doing Loudon just because that race is so much yeah. fun to race. But yeah. there's just there's just so much other stuff that, that you need to focus on as for to be, um, I would say, competing for wins and, you know, paying attention to it all. What about well, it, Richmond
0: and Martin's. Well, it, it's also not like you want to – it's not like you don't want to do those things, but yeah. you also don't want to distract yourself Correct. from your one opportunity.
5: If I felt comfortable showing up and driving – I could do that, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm I'm too uh, stubborn, and uh, at this point, I've been racing Modifieds a long time that I want to be very involved. It's just like yeah. when I went to the Snowball Derby, I didn't want to rent someone's race car. I wanted to build my car. I wanted to be involved in the process, and ultimately, you know, with the guidance and, and Chris Gabehart, who's, you know, he was a super late model, standout badass, and he's a really good crew chief. You know, we went down there, and we ran way better than I'm sure a lot of people thought we were going to, yeah. so, uh, but I just... That's where I've gotten in my career uh, when it comes to short track racing. I wanna, I wanna build them. I wanna set them up. I wanna do the whole thing. So,
0: so you've grown up and you've been doing it. Obviously, your your entire life. But I feel like there's been a disconnect between the short track guys and Sunday guys. Mm. Like there's and, and there's not a, a very good connection or crossover. So it's awesome when you see guys like yourself get opportunities to drag an entire Northeast fan base. Particularly with modifieds to the track, some of them might hate you, but they're also going to tune in to see how you do. Yeah, right. How do you think who's the next Ryan Priest coming up?
5: Man, there's a lot of good racers up in the Northeast. I, you know, a lot of young kids, and they and they keep getting better. Um, you know, I wasn't. I was 25, I think. How old are you 24 now? 24, whatever it was. Uh, I'm 32. 32. You know, when I got my first Xfinity start, I was older. I wasn't 18 years old. You don't um, have to.
2: I mean, we talked about this with Harvick at length when he was in here last week that, you know, at what point is age just a distraction? And you're probably more mature and ready to go right now than mm-hmm. if you got this. I think about
5: this all the time. You know, if I, when I have a kid one day and if he races or she races, I'm not going to throw, like me personally, I'm not going to throw them into it because I was that 14-year-old kid that was racing a modified. My dad, I'll say this, he did it right. When I was 14 years old, racing a modified at New Smyrna, he made me start last every single night. He made me do all that stuff. And, and the first year, I wasn't even racing. I was just getting laps. Why do you think he made you start last? For the listeners. Well, well first off, we didn't have... I mean, it was a 1991 Troyer. You know, this thing was not going to win the race. This was just here to get laps, right? Probably more so just... I would say the first year or half a year was just getting laps and earning res- earning respect, which is not just being out there, but doing yeah. all the right things and um, not probably not making a fool out of myself, right? Being that 14-year-old kid that goes out and wrecks thousands. of cars Yeah.
2: yeah. Learning how to pass. Learn yeah. how to have some race craft. Yep. Like, like, <clears throat> dude, Harvick said it, and I think every dad listening to this needs to know, nobody gives a how you finished in a modified race when you were 14.
5: Yep. No. Nobody cares.
2: Mm-hmm. They didn't ask you when you walked in the store, Haas. Hey, uh, we were going to hire you to drive forty one, but we saw at Smyrna you run last when you're fourteen. so <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to go with somebody else.
5: Yeah, and, you know my first two wheel modified tour races. It was our family owned team. We, I didn't qualify for the first the 40. two wheel modified tour. That's right. Yep. So I didn't qualify. I mean that, and that that was just part of that process. Of it was me and my dad. We didn't hire some great crew chief. It was just us learning it on our own, and and that's part of the you know some of the things that you're going to take you know trying to figure it out.
0: It's a grit, man. It's the resilience and the grit that it builds. There's there's a common thread of people's – everybody's journey looks a bit different, but it comes from a very extended amount of time of the resilience and the grit yeah. and not giving up to sustain a career on Sundays. Because there's a reason why you drove for three years at JTG, and then you're also getting another look back. Rarely does somebody get lose their seat or your seat got sold essentially, right? So they down, downsized to one car. Rarely do you see somebody go back down and then go back with a better opportunity.
2: Yeah. Dude, who who else lost their deal and, and found themselves in a better situation was Super City Kid. Not Joey. Oh yeah. I mean you look oh, at and Joey, right? I mean, and, and we talk about driver crew chiefs. You put the guy who was the prodigy, right? Talking about young the guy youngest Xfinity driver ever. He was the youngest to do everything yeah. since Jeff Gordon. And you put him with Zip and that twenty team that was winning everything with Tony, and they didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Right, and they just didn't mesh. And he need like, Joey. Joey says, "Like, I went in there. And I was living in my parents' freaking. I was living at my parents' house. These guys are paying mortgages with kids. How can we get? How are we supposed to get along? Yeah. But yeah. you know, he finds himself out of there and with Todd Gordon, and he just needed a team that believed him, fresh start. And now he's got two two championships. You know, you know? and that I mean,
5: that goes back to. What I talk about uh, personalities, communication, and and sometimes even if you really like each other, you're just you're not going to get along when it comes to racing, and that's where I go back to you know Chris Gabeart when him and I we only did three races together, but we've had a relationship of of getting to know each other and still con, you know text all I just talked to him the other day. That was That's five years or six years later, yeah. and that was just off three races. And, and then fast-forwarding to where Chad and I, we're both racers. I mean, I was he's big into your micro stuff, so I was picking his brain about if I was – uh when I build my TQ, like, hey, how can we do this? And, uh, you know, that's the same thing. Building we just the share, TQ? I already told you I'm going to. I'm going to come kick your butt. Why don't you build one with me and Jimmy? Huh? Why don't you build one with me and Jimmy? Because I want my own. I uh, talked to Jimmy about this the other day. I don't want everybody else to have what I have. Did I you have wanna, fun in Atlantic I City? I want to have an advantage. I always have fun in Atlantic City. Yeah. I, I suck. Plenty of fun to be had. Suck yeah, you 2023.
2: Suck.
5: You know, that is the most underrated winter racing, I would say, in the co- like, It's just it's awesome. so much fun. I wish I you know, stayed you for Saturday. Seen the, have you
0: ever seen those snowmobiles in Wisconsin? No. You know no, what, I don't, hey, know, I don't know. They you know probably, probably sound pretty fun. I don't you know. You know why it's better
2: than the Chili Bowl? <laughs> why? Because they have freaking starters. Yeah. You could just start it and drive away. It's
0: true. <laughs> Amen to that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, preach. Mm-hmm. Preach to that. All right. So, have you been on the show before? I haven't. Well, welcome again. Uh, glad to have you. But every guest at last first year it was one question. Second year was two, and then as you yeah see the trend now there's three questions. Question number one: If you had to pick one car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life, what are you going with?
5: USAC Sprint Car, uh, wingless. Yeah. Um, have you ever
0: dr- driven one of those?
5: I practiced one. Yeah, at Stafford. Stafford. Oh, but I would do point. it at IRP. Yeah. I, oh, and that's a my. bucket list item. <laughs> yeah. well like the eighteen, like the tires about as wide as that table. Oh, I loved it. Every um, bit of it. Nine hundred horsepower. I mean, literally. They talk about drag cars and and that that shake they get when they're trying to slip the tire. That's what that had. It was unbelievable. Did you
2: ever get full throttle?
5: I did, but it didn't make me go faster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, <clears throat> I felt like yeah. I was just you know. At Stafford, you said you were- slow. Yeah. And you would race it at
0: Stafford or IRP? IRP. You say. Yeah. So, a spring, asphalt spring car at IRP. That's a first, too.
5: Yeah, that is a first.
0: Great answer. Question number two What's the most embarrassed
5: you've been at the racetrack? That's a tough one. What's the most embarrassed? Probably last year's 600 when we spun out on like lap 12. Mm. I mean, it's by yourself? It did it in practice and then it did it in the race. On the bump just, stop. Like, man. where did it even? Yeah. On a oh, bump yeah. stop. Yeah. yeah. That will bite you, bro. It'll get you. <laughs> That's, I mean, from a driver, like, there's so many things you're worried about. And now you're worried about, like, bottoming out of shock and, and spinning out or whatever. I don't know. I mean, did, and then didn't you get hit by somebody? Yeah. So it just knocked, it, all it did was break the toe link, but we couldn't get the bolt out. So yeah. we, lo- I mean, we just ran out of time. I mean, they, oh. they had that car because it was going to race at, um, Not Coda. It was up in... um, Road America. Road America. They were racing that in like three weeks. They had it ready to go to to Road America that night because they brought it back and started getting it ready. It was Mm. just a tough deal. You don't have any good embarrassing
2: modified stories? Oh,
5: yeah. Frank Rocco, I'm sorry. I never apologized to you in person, but I remember that one was pretty embarrassing. Uh, We were running first and second. I couldn't get around him. I was trying low, trying high, so I thought I was going to push him into the corner. And when I tried to push him into the corner... He got on the brakes really hard to hold the bottom, and I couldn't get off him. So I felt really bad about that one. Right up to the point of impact. 12 no, years no later. Relation,
2: no relation to Keith Rocco. No we, relation. When we really? Were, we were in the, no, Ruko and Rocco. But Keith Rocco, uh-huh. This uh, when we were in the bar in Atlantic City on Saturday night, I introduced him to everybody. Because I drove for him this year and I was like introducing him to his own wife, to Crowley, to everybody he already knew. Hey, you guys know my friend Keith? He's like, would you just shut up already? You, you must have had a half a beer and been drunk. I was I had three quarters, three quarters, <laughs> and, and five and a half tacos from Bally's
0: Taco Stand. Uh. Question Numero tres. What is your first racing memory?
5: My first racing memory. Are we talking like anything? Could be with my dad. My first racing memory was actually when my father drove me in his late model up our road. Uh kinda like, you know, my dad was probably shaking the car down and I was out there, I was probably four or five years old, just threw me in the passenger side mm-hmm. and we How went old for old a ride. You? Four or five okay, years old. Okay, okay, so yeah.
0: I, I had a I had another question too. I might I might change it. This is all a work in progress. Yep. Is that when you got bit by the bug of like when I want like when you wanted to do it?
5: Uh, Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily really know. I think it's just that's what you grow up around, right? It's no different than you guys. When you grow up at the racetrack, you really you don't know anything different. I went and played baseball for like half a year, but it didn't interest me. I loved racing. I loved being around it. And it's just been really all I've ever wanted to do. So I mean, as soon as probably as soon as he put me in that race car.
2: You never got bit by a bug, though. I don't think anybody here did. I did. Um, <clears throat> I figured it'd be like we just really never really had any other
5: options.
0: Um, pl- Dad wanted me to do anything else. That's why I had <laughs> baseball field behind the shop, batting cages. He put soccer goals up, basketball hoops, and also paved to go-kart track. That was his first mistake. But I was probably – this would have been 97, so it would have been 6 – I remember I was holding mom's hand, walking through the garage after a Darlington bush race. And it was back then the front stretch and back stretches were flipped. So the bush garage was where our cup garage is now. I remember the exact point that I was. And I remember seeing all the cars, they're all beat up, sandblasted, just the smells and just like how raw it was. And I walked that loop as like I'm a six-year-old kid. Every time I get to Darlington, like this was a spot where I'm like, ooh, like this is what I want to do. That was probably six. That was actually where you just grew up going on the racetrack, but that was when like, it bit me for sure. All right, buddy, I appreciate you coming to the studio. Yeah, thank Damn you. Damn good to see you. It was great I'm to see excited you. to bang doors with you here this weekend oh, too. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yep. Everybody, Ryan Priest, give my man driving the 41 some love this year. Welcome back to Sunday. This is Ryan Priest. Another thank you to Ryan Priest for driving all the way down here, joining us in studio. It's going to be a wild year. Excited to see what he can do over there at Stuart Haas Racing. Also, it is time for the tee, 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 penny stagger of the week, Chuck. Woo! Who you got this week? couple of them. Not just one. There was just one in the rundown, but there was two guys that reached out when we were down there at uh, NASCAR night for the Swamp Rabbits. One, Tim, I forgot his last name, from Spartanburg. He was the first guy to say, hey, man, I love the podcast. Didn't ask. But he said he liked it. You know what that means? It means you're Penny Stagger of the Week. Also, Andrew from Huntersville. Him and his wife drove all the way down from Huntersville. Same thing like I did Friday and Saturday. And supported NASCAR night. So It'd be my neighbor. Might be.
2: Huh. I don't know. I had a bunch of people in Atlantic City come up to me and talk about the podcast. Who was it? Uh, well, Billy Booth was one of them, but he can't be the Penny Stacker of the Week. Because Did he ask to be? He asked to be the Penny Stacker of the Week. I said, well, you know the rules. You're out, bro.
0: Yeah, you're automatically disqualified.
2: And then there was a couple people at Driver Intros, but I was so overwhelmed at I didn't ask names. So, if you said something to me at Driver Intros.
0: They know you're talking about. You Shout out to the Penny Stacker of the Week, too. Mm.
2: There's, a lot of, there's a lot of Penny Stacks. Do you
0: there. get nervous during Driver Intros for AC?
2: Not, no, Driver Intros are cool. It was like the Fan Fest. Yeah. I was a little nervous because I had to win the heat race to make the, the redraw. And the track's been so different that I don't really ever know how my car's gonna be. But yes, no, you get—I get, mean, like you—if you're not, my wife would say, if you're not nervous, you're not at 100, you're not performing at 100%. Yeah, that's right. So
0: that's what it is. Because you care. Because you want to do good. Hell, I'm nervous now, and we've got five days till we race. I'm just so excited. Pen up, ready to go. But uh, Tim and Andrew, y'all are the penny stackers of the week, and everybody's penny stacker of the week. If you guys continue to like, rate, review, star, check. Thumbs up. I don't know what the heck everybody does anymore, but continue to get us going. Yes. Where's Corey the Joy run this week? LA. Uh we're <laughs> In LA. Bro, if we don't if we don't make the show this week, hate you then guys. I'm gonna walk <laughs> I'm gonna force gump that thing back from LA. Um that's You're not wrong. a I might. I just kept running, uh, <laughs> back from Los Angeles. But that's what I'm going to do.
2: Good news is you have two weeks to get to Daytona, yeah. so you might be able to make it.
0: Yeah, I probably And a bunch could of razors
3: maybe. for when you get back home.
0: Yeah, I'll just <laughs> throw them damn things out. Hey, he might Give be me running
2: me... home, but his neck will be shaved.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the clean cutest runner uh, this side of the Mississippi. But uh, failure is not an option. I mean, there's going to be some good guys that go home, and I'm going to be. I'm not going to be one of them. Uh, hopefully, we have a good car. We have a Probably a, probably a bad qualifying draw because we were low in points. Um, not as bad as last year. Not as bad as last year because we had the double zero charter <laughs> last year. So we were first. We what, were first. What time is – Kurt, No, Kurt was first. I was second. Because you guys qualified at night last right year. Right after practice. So I don't know if there's three segments or three different practice groups, but the first group of, of qualifying is right after. It's like 20 minutes. Yeah. So that will at least keep the track somewhat hot, try to get some heat in the tires, and lay a heater down. Saturday night. We get to do picks this week. Oh, I didn't answer your question, though. Um, I think we run top 10.
2: The man is confident. I like it.
0: Yep. I mean, because I went in there with the intentions to win last year, and we won for last place. Well... It was
3: deceiving in the booth watching the first heat race. Because, because I looked
0: like I was leading because I was almost getting a laugh.
3: No, you and Harvick <laughs> were going at it, and surely we like that thought, was Har- we thought Harvick that was, was going to be good. That was practice. Yeah, so I was like, oh, Corey's car must be quick. He's That's what I thought. Harvick.
0: And then once everybody figured then it, then it, it out, they just Harvick kept dropped, going faster. Dude, Harvick dropped anchor too. He wasn't good. Yeah. he pulled. I'll tell you what he does. He, he's got like the – you know like them old head moves like on the basketball court. Like people just like – hook you or something yeah. like that and you're like oh you got me like step on your toe and do the like, do, yeah. Harvick's move at a short track you've seen him do it at Martinsville to some guys like if somebody's wearing him out pow, 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 on his bumper he'll just give the old like throttle up a little bit and just stomp on the brakes <laughs> the, and, like, oh, yeah. the old brake check the old brake check but like like a smooth one like whoop, poof, and then like next thing you know it's like pow and it just bounces him forward and you're like oh shit I definitely just knocked the radiator in my <laughs> <laughs> so hey them old heads will get you they're savvy but i'm gonna i'm gonna get them i'm gonna get them this weekend all them tricks ain't gonna work on me chuck who you I'm I'm, I'm, we're going to the front who are you going with what i want to pick last
1: you want to pick last yeah, yeah. so uh, you want me to go first is yeah, yeah Kurt bush? Bush. Kurt is not <laughs> racing
0: kerb bush is not racing son of a bitch um,
1: i'm taking
0: your other cousin kyle
1: though oh you're taking you kyle? can't take your cousin. you think that uh he, he's getting it done this weekend i'm taking kyle bush i'm going to take tyler reddick
3: Oh, I was literally going to take Cowboys. It was literally going to take Tyler. <laughs> well, good thing you're picking four. Yeah, yeah.
2: You had the option. to you go. Uh, you're, first. Good. you're good. I can. Uh, I'll probably. I want to go. I'm going to take uh, 22. I'm probably not going to go. I'll probably just go with 12. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, no restraints well, getting thrown this. The 12 time. might
3: win this weekend. Yeah, he doesn't. is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I put it on the tee, and you guys hit it. Oh, there you go. That's a good teammate right there. Yeah.
0: Well, we need you guys to put it on the t too, and. Tweet us, hashtag Penny for your thoughts, firing some questions as we get into the swing of things this season. We're ramping up, and so is NASCAR season. Tune in. Saturday, FS1, 6 p.m. Eastern is practice, 8.30 Eastern, single-car qualifying, and then Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 5 p.m. for the heats, 8 p.m. on Fox, the main event. NASCAR's back, guys. We're in this thing. As you guys know, because you listen to Stacking Plans, you're the best.